0: Hey everybody, this is Lee Torres and you are listening to In Life as it is in the ring. Hey everybody, I get to be here today with Keith Weir. He uh, is a coach over at White Center Pal Boxing Gym in Seattle's White Center neighborhood on the southwest side. We are neighbors. Um, He's also the uh, he has a promotional company. for He does PNW Pro Boxing Promotions, and he's a matchmaker. We're going to chat about all that stuff and let you know a little bit more about him here as we go. Hey, Keith, how's it going? Good, Lee. How are you? All right. Uh, thanks for making time. I know you're busy. you got, you got know, fighters that you train, promotional company, do matchmaking. Uh, why, don't you, why don't we start there and just talk a little bit about what you've got going on in the boxing world?
1: Well, I coach at White Center Pal. Been coaching there for, I think, about 11 years. Was at a gym uh, called Ray Mac Boxing for a couple of years before that. Oh, I remember
0: Ray Mac. Wait, yeah. was that the one with the – there was a kid who Jer- boxed there? Jeremy he was super McLaren. fast. Yeah, Jeremy real McLaren. fast McLaren. hands. All right, that being, was Jeremy. Uh, ended up
1: being a pro. Yeah, I worked with Jeremy, his dad, and uh, – Danny Ray was the other two coaches out there. And okay. Myself.
0: And was that um, Maple Valley, Bonnie Lake area? That was Bonnie Lake area. Bonnie Lake okay. Yeah. Okay, yep. okay so, so you were there and then you made a transition over to White, White Center, Center. Pal. Yep. You've Great. been there 11 years. Yeah. Any uh, national, uh, nationals winners out of there? Yeah,
1: we've got uh, three national champions out of there. Right uh, on. Exxon Sanchez, uh, Willie Gomez is our last one. Willie's a pronoun, 4 0. Uh, he started with us when he was, uh, 13. Right on. And, and yep, yeah,
0: yeah. we just, Willie was just here with us a little yeah, bit. So, yeah, we, so started, um, started with you. He's a, he was your last national champion. He made uh-huh. the transition to pro last year? Uh, like s- seven months ago. Seven yeah, months ago. Had, and he's now 4-0. 4-0. He was busy. So,
1: uh. We were going to fight on the Roy Jones again. He fought on one of their cards that I helped match make for, and uh, but that show, of course, got shut down along with everything else because uh, yeah. of this COVID. Um, but uh, you know, we're uh, he's still working, and we're looking for the future to get him a fight here. Great. In, so, oh, tell yeah. us a
0: little bit about your promotional company, the PNW Pro Boxing Promotions. Yes, we,
1: me, and my partner Nathaniel, we started that. 2016 was our first show and uh it's just uh for the love of boxing try to help northwest boxing and all these fighters we've had a lot of good fighters get their start out of our promotion and you know, move on to bigger things um uh you know my my love's always been for boxing it's been in my family for a while uh my dad boxed my uncle bill was a pro and I just, uh, I love the sport. Grew up around so, it.
0: So, I want to get um, into that in a moment, but I mm-hmm. also want to give you a nice little nice, so to let people know you, you do matchmaking as well.
1: Yes, I matchmake. Um, not only for my promotion, but for uh, uh, like three or four different out, other outfits that I've, I've been busy on the matchmaking for the last couple of years for sure. Sweet. Yeah.
0: That sounds like a lot of uh, busy work, but a lot of fun. So, but, so, okay, going back to, as I said, I wanted to go back to what you were mentioning. You started talking about how boxing's been really in your family for quite some time your uncle was a pro who who officially in your mind introduced you to boxing uh my dad your dad yeah was he a coach your coach no or he, he was never he, he was
1: never my coach he boxed um uh, boxed uh had a, actually got a color scholarship to box, but never ended up doing it. Just loved the sport. We just grew up watching it. And then he, I guess you could call him my first coach because he, uh, he uh, had the gloves on us when we were about three or four years old, me and my twin brother, and, and started teaching us a little bit
0: back then. So my, um, so Coach Danny Nieves, who actually was our first guest on the show, on our, our podcast here, he used to tell me I forget, it was early on, I was still a teenager. I think he was holding mitts for me or something. And he was asking me questions and, and about how I felt about boxing and what drew me to it. And then ultimately he said to me, ah, you got boxing in the blood. And so that's what I, I, it sounds like to me, is you got boxing in the blood. And what I mean, what, what he meant by that, um, as I took it at the time, and as I mean it when I say it to you, is that it isn't like, oh, it's kinda cool to watch boxing on the weekend sometimes when it's on the television. It's something that's a part of us that cannot be extracted yeah, from yeah. us necessarily. Is that how you feel about that's, it?
1: That's definitely how I feel about boxing. It's part of my life. It's my lifestyle. It's, uh, it's what I look forward to doing every day. You know, helping the kids, helping these pros. Um, it, it gives me a drive. So it's, the first, it's a part of your identity. It, it really is. I think most people know me mm. more about boxing now than than anything else I've done in the past. you know what I mean? Yep. It's like, and, and even when I was younger, I was always associated a little bit with boxing one way or the other, you know? So I just grew up around it, I loved it. I wanted to give back and, uh, and you know, uh, coaching is a great way of giving back and helping the, you know, I really, I really feel good about changing young kids lives you know and giving them a perspective and boxing is one way of doing that you know it it's it's pretty close to real life to me you know yeah. you're gonna have your ups and downs and all that in life and you're gonna have that in boxing too and the in the tough the tough uh, what's the word i'm looking for um can handle that stuff and continue on.
0: Uh, they, they get a, a certain resilience yeah, about yeah. them to be able to adapt. To, to... adapt. To, to take, you
1: know, when things aren't going good, hey, you got to still look up and, and, and keep striving. Because uh, you can, only one person can change your outcome. And that's usually you. Yeah. And how you look at things is, uh, you know, going to help you get through things.
0: You know, so that's that. kind of not unlike in the ring, right? Where you, uh, someone might be, you know, maybe they're out time and, yeah. yeah. They're tagging you, and if you let that frustration really build and get inside your mind, you've already lost the fight almost. Yeah. But if you could take that, you know, handle that, and
1: know that, you know, what I still have a chance here. There's always, you know, the fight ain't over till that final bell. And, and you know, I'm I'm not gonna give up. I'm gonna keep fighting until the end. Things can change. One punch can change a fight.
0: That that is true, and that's yeah. um. So I hear you. I hear you talking a lot about the grit that it um, that that requires but there's a focus and there's also um I'll, so I'm often fond of saying that the great fighters know how to adapt right so you're, you're maybe you're in a fight maybe you're in life right and you're mm-hmm. going through so I think that's what you're, you're yeah. saying a little bit is y- you can adapt to your circumstances exactly yeah okay so um so tell me a little bit about your, your boxing background so was was in your family did you start boxing then
1: um, started boxing when I was in seventh grade. Okay. So I was only I was boxing at the Auburn Elks with uh, Greg
0: Hagen. Okay.
1: Yeah. So um, a he was local, uh, local Pacific Northwest.
0: Yes, uh,
1: gray fighter. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I did real well in his career, uh, three time world champion. Um, but yeah, boxing with Greg the last couple of years at Auburn Elks. Then they closed Auburn Elks. Well, I didn't have a driver's license parents weren't gonna drive me all the way to Puyallup was like we lived in Maple Valley, so there wasn't really oh. no close gyms. So kinda ended up getting into some other things. So my boxing career was fairly short, but like I said, I grew up going to gyms and sparring when I could, but was never really involved. And then uh, I boxed the last couple of years at Auburn Elks and uh,
0: um, had like 12 amateur fights is all okay. I had, yeah. And then, um, so then how did you make the transition to coaching? How did that happen for you? Were you, okay, you did. You have some amateur bouts. I, I didn't have many myself, um, but you made a transition some point. How did that happen for you? Well, my son boxed, and uh,
1: so I was at the gym there, and I used to help out there a lot. So, and like, they, just
0: holding mitts?
1: Yeah, or... just kind of helping out, and then uh, uh, the guy really liked what I was doing, and, and so he kind of asked me to help a little bit. That was at Cedar River Boxing uh, with James Pryor. Okay. So I kind of helped there, and then... Uh, and then my son had some health issues, and uh, um, so he had to quit boxing, all sports, basically. Um, so um, about five years, I was always in boxing, always around it, um, and then about five years later, my nephew started boxing, and he went to Rayback. Okay. And he was like, he, you gotta come, he was kinda a nephew by association, yeah. you know, but anyway, uh, he wanted me to come check out his gym, and when I went there, uh, Pat McCleary and Danny Ray both boxed at Auburn Elves. So we got to talking and they needed help. And they, so I just started there and uh, I just fell in love with it, you know.
0: So, so w- w- when did, was it kind of a gradual thing that happened where you started making these connections and those moments where you were teaching the, the fighters? Was that kind of a gradual thing or was there something that happened for you like, like a snap where you're like, whoa, I'm really digging this.
1: You know what? I went there and I was just like, you know, it's like, hey, can you help do this? And can you would you mind working with these kids here? And I was like, no, not at all. And then it just kind of bit me. It's like, this is what I've always wanted to do. It's like and you I found just, yourself looking yeah, it's forward like to. Yeah, I've always it. wanted to be involved in boxing, and it was like, you know, I went uh, there a few years. You know, life gets you, and I went without being around the gyms and that kind of stuff. But then when that when my nephew had me, JJ had me uh, go there, and then I was like, man and they wanted me to help out I just like and they loved what I was doing I was like okay and then I just fell in love with it I was like I, I got to be here you yeah. know and yeah. I needed to be mm-hmm. here and then and it hasn't yeah. stopped since and that was like I said that was
0: about 13 years ago so so and I've been so coaching the last in he- 11 at White Center he- Yeah yeah so. so what do you what in your mind um, I'm, There are a few questions I'm asking mm. the coaches I get to talk to because I'm real interested. It's so interesting to me to hear the different experiences. You know, we have a lot of some crossover, mm. but what are your thoughts on what differentiates the good coaches, right? Co- coaches that do a solid job. They show up, they open the gym, they spend some quality time with the kids and uh, they pass on a lot of great knowledge. Um, so it's just good coaches from an elite level coach, like a great coach, what are some of the things you think you, that you see them doing that's different? Tough question. Um, I don't really know how to... Uh, oh, that's, that, that's fine. I'm, j- I'm mean, curious if, you've kn- if there are any observations you've made. I think great coaches realize what they have in
1: each fighter and individually uh, they try to um, perfect, you know, help that fighter, but they let that fighter be themselves. You know they don't try to take them and just make them one way. You know I I feel like you got to let a fighter, you got to teach them and show them, but you got to let a fighter grow and be their fighter
0: because then they're going to feel more comfortable in the ring. You know we were actually so we so we were talking about that just the mm -hmm. other day. That subject came up about um, you were sharing how you don't try to just make these clones of the idea you have in your head of exactly what a fighter looks like when they're boxing. And I I shared with you that I actually really respect that because when I, the times I've gone to the gym and watched your fighters fight, every single one of them looks different from the next one. They each have a different style. They each have their own expression. And that's why I, I, I like to
1: allow that fighter to express himself how he wants, because then he's going to feel more comfortable as a fighter. Now, if he's doing some technical flaws that I don't like, I'm gonna tell him, "Hey, we need to sharpen up this, or let's change this," you know. But I let him try to be himself in that ring, you know, and uh, and then I coach, I coach from there, and you know, and tell him what I think he's doing right and what I think he's doing wrong, and let's let's tighten up on this, let's stop doing this, you know. But I I try to let him grow, as in how he wants to grow. Is he gonna be? the boxer does he want to be the inside you know more of an inside fighter a lot of times uh you know um is this you know is he more of an offensive fighter you know uh balls to the wall or is he just a counter puncher you know i, I allow them to to mix it up a little bit and be what they want to be and then and then we'll go from there and see what we need to do to get better
0: right now yeah. all right so uh yeah i i was uh There's a quote, I'm probably going to screw it up, and I can't even think about it. I know, I forget who the author was. He says something, it's a book about coaching, something to the effect of uh, potential, or performance equals potential minus interference, so basically not over-interfering with the potential that the fighter has or the athlete Mm -hmm. has so that they can perform at their best. And um, I, I really see how that shows through in in your
1: boxers. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. So,
0: um, okay. So, what is your it would, so I, I hear a little bit of kind of even your philosophy coming through as a coach. Would that be fair to say in in what you just shared? Yeah. And how you develop fighters. Um. had to add something there there's some more questions I want to ask we don't have to go too much longer but I'm putting a little flag as a mark because oh, okay. um, it helps me edit it oh, afterward okay. to take okay. out any sometimes I drop calls yeah. and stuff um, I, I don't think I brought my notes I usually have notes with me to ask questions to guide I'm the getting nervous. <laughs> <laughs> okay one sec So are there any things you look for in particular in fighters when they come to train with you? Is there anything you're kind of noticing or looking to pick up from them? You know what? I, uh,
1: you never know what you got until you've seen it and put it through the trials of boxing. Because I've seen a lot of fighters come in there and you think, man, this kid ate, man, this kid can't hardly walk and chew gum and he end up being a really darn good fighter. You know, so sometimes I think you uh, you judge a person too early and you got to see what that what's in that person, the character of that person, the heart, the drive. What is this? How bad does this guy want it? or This girl want to be this fighter? You know, and I think a lot of times some coaches might give up on someone too soon. You know, uh, there was a kid uh, named Kenny Keane from Idaho. Ended up being like, you know, won some smaller titles, was top 10 fighter. I think he was like 1 in 10 as an amateur. Wow. You know, lost like 7, eight first fights fight, but never gave up. Ended up being a pretty darn good fighter. You just don't know what you have until you you
0: you see, you got to give it time and see what that person is made of. What are some things that, that help you to observe that? Is it just um, building a relationship with them? Is it seeing how they do in sparring? What... Are there certain things that clue you
1: in? Sometimes you can just, like, sometimes you just feel like, man, this kid's got it. You know, I think this kid could be a good fighter. Other times you just don't know what you've got in someone. Until you've been through it, you've seen him in some sparring. You've seen him wanting to quit, but there's no quit in him, and he keeps on pushing farther than you thought he could. You know, that, that mental fortitude, that mental toughness. So
0: the reverse could also be true, right? You can have someone who comes in, they're very athletically gifted, mm-hmm. And have a knack for just picking up the yeah. sport, and then you put them into spar, and they're like, "I don't like getting hit. Yeah. I don't want to hit this person."
1: There's some parts of it they don't like, yeah. you know. And then, uh, and if you don't like to get hit, you're probably not going to be a fighter, you know. Uh, you got to be able to to want to hit somebody. You got to be able to take a hit. You got to know, uh, um, you just you know, in generally. You, oh my phone's ringing, sorry about that, I was in a time, but uh um yeah, you just don 't know what you got you' seen them go through pretty much everything we do as boxers
0: you know. do, do you think this is do you think that you can teach a person how to have more heart like a fighter like if you see you put them in the rain, you see they're fighting, you 're like oh man this this person doesn't have a whole lot of heart
1: can you teach that do you
0: think it's possible to teach that
1: i've seen it actually i've seen fighters that start out pretty soft Uh and then come back and and like you know something just finally clicked in them it's like you know what you know sometimes you got to get on them a little bit sometimes you know you might you know joke around with them to get them like hey mo you know to try to get them a little to have that more courage Mm -hmm. you know uh Sometimes you gotta step him through that process, especially early. You don't, you know, kid's just taking an ass beating every day. He probably He's probably gonna quit, right? Yeah. So, you know, as a coach, you gotta change that up. Maybe uh, put him in a little softer. Let him be able to, to, to feel a little more comfortable in there before you just give up on this kid and get rid of, you know, and, and drive him away out of the gym.
0: So, yeah. is there, so is there a process for you? Do you have a, a what's your, for, for getting people, into sparring do you have a time period is nope. it a lot of observation yes. seeing how they're doing no time
1: period because every kid is different every person is different uh, when that person is ready um, I think most coaches will know when that person is ready um, and then another thing is is uh, you can't want it for them; they got to want it so usually most of your fighters some no not always some won't ever you know you got to kind of push them a little bit mm-hmm. sometimes you push them ones and then they finally get that love of it you know but um most of them will they start to see it they've been around it and they start working harder you see that I you start seeing them uh technically getting better and then they, and they went hey coach you think I can do that you know and I like you think you're ready well, I don't know I said well we can give it a try you know get you a little taste of it and and go from there yeah. and then you know start them out a little slow and then we'll we'll see what happens and if they like it you know and then and then move on from there, but' I'm, I've learned that I can't want it for them. That fighter's got to
0: want it. I you heard know. someone once say uh, it's ninety percent's on the fighter
1: I, They got to want it because no matter how good they are or whatever, as much as a coach as I want them in that gym, if they're not dedicated and, and doing what they need to do in and outside the ring. What am I gonna do? I can't babysit them all the time. They gotta want it. They gotta have that drive, that determination. Not everyone can do boxing. That's why everyone doesn't. You know what? It's 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 it's, and that's why I think you know uh, we all, as coaches and fighters and all that, we all have a mutual respect. Whether we it's a gym that we don't really care for, they don't care for us. There's sometimes it's like that, but we have that respect. You know that we know what everyone's going through. And yeah. what it takes to be a fighter. And, what it you
0: know, coaching, coaching ain't easy either. You know what well, I mean? And that's why, yeah. that's why I had this idea up. to start talking to coaches mm-hmm. about... We talk to the athletes a yeah.
1: lot, right? A- they athletes these- sacrifice a lot.
0: But and, s- and so do their coaches. Ex- that's exactly, exactly. that's and, exactly... It's a
1: family affair. You know, uh, you end up spending more time almost with, with your athletes than you do with your own family. There's a lot of things that they have to miss birthday parties weddings all this to travel to go through these shows and and we're gone all day long you know Mm -hmm. and and our families they suffer from it too but you know uh when it's in your blood and they know it they're still gonna love you right and they know that you know i like my feeling is if i'm a coach i'm a coach a hundred percent if i can't be a hundred percent involved then it's time for me to step out, right? So um, I try not to miss none of my fighters' fights. Now, once in a while, something might happen, but I have hardly missed any of them. I just, like, you put them all the way through to this point. I want that. This game is so mental that I don't want to take a notch out of that mental pre- preparedness that they are, you know? So it's like I, I want to be there for them, you know what I mean? And uh, so I, I've missed a lot of stuff. Throughout all these years, but uh, I've gained a lot of stuff too, you know. Throughout the boxing, so um, I, I just, I just love this. this I,
0: I know. I'm thinking about how it's easy on the outside to watch. Like the spectator has, they get to watch the finished product. Yeah. Yeah. They tune into the fight. They might get a glimpse of a fighter in their locker room behind the scenes getting warmed up or whatever but and, and for amateur bots oh my god you show up somewhere and you're waiting all day all you're day weighing for in fight, you gotta wait you to got be one able one fighter aim. or ten fighters you're still there almost all it's day a, long it, it's, it's a long process we could probably do a whole podcast just talking <laughs> about the time that's spent yeah being able to weigh in and yeah. get like prepped for a fight the day of but um so spectator has the benefit of watching that and then just watching the combat part of things but um Can you share anything about um, your the way you handle, especially because you work with a lot of kids? Yeah, like you have your pro fighters, but you also work with a lot of kids in helping them learn to manage their emotions. Boxing is so powerful, as as probably as any martial art for learning to manage your emotions. Very important. Any any tidbits uh, that you can share about what you run into commonly when you're working with fighters? Well, with the younger
1: ones, you can tell a lot of them, if you don't get nervous, you ain't human. You're going to get nervous. So I tell them, it's it's okay to get, you're going to be a little nervous, but we just need to control that, that nerves, you know? So uh, a lot of times, you know, I'll make sure I'll kind of feel their, can tell their heart's beating fast. I get them to take a few deep breaths, slow down. I try to get them to laugh, Mm -hmm. try to relax. You know, if they're up and moving, around, I don't let them get up and move around and waste all that energy. It's like, hey, let's just relax, listen to some music, you know, take it easy, and, and just try to keep them calm. And I, and I can tell, you know, uh, some fighters get more nervous than others, so I, I need to do a little more coaching at that time, you know, they're keeping them relaxed and stuff. So they're not burning up all that energy, you know, before the fight. Just keep them mentally prepared, talk about it, telling them, reassuring them that they're ready. That they put in all this hard work, this is actually the fun part. This is the easy part. You know, whether they're going one-minute rounds or three-minute rounds, all that hours mm-hmm. of running and training and coming to the gym every night, this ain't nothing. So, and I and I always reassure them: once that first punch, once you get hit once, <laughs> the nerves are out the window. You know, you're in a yeah, fight. Yeah, you're in a fight, and <laughs> guess what? That's all gone away. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, just trying to coach them through that, you know, and and keep calm. But it's natural to have nerves. I get nervous. You know, I don't know about you as a coach, but I get a little nervous for my fighters. You know, but I try to, I don't try to. Oh, for sure. You know, because I want them to win just as bad because we, you know, you want your fighters to win. We're not going to win them all.
0: Yeah, I think, like, I want to be, I want to make sure I'm like, man, I want to be as focused as I can to do my work in the corner. Yeah to do my, if, if my part is in fact 10%, I want to do 100%
1: of my 10%. My 10%, exactly. I want to be able to see what's going through my, you know, sometimes you can just read what's going through your yeah. fighter's head when you get to know a fighter. You yeah. know what I mean? Their you body language. Your body language is what they're their telling eyes. them, what I got to do. Sometimes, you know, some people need a pat in the back, some people need a slap in the back. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. some people, like, hey, you know, you got to know that fighter what drives that fighter, what motivates that fighter, you know? And not every, every, uh, Man or woman or kid or child is the same, you know. Uh, I've had to kick some in the butt, you know, baby. You know what I
0: mean by that, you know, give, be hard on them. And others, man, I, you just have to give them some encouragement. So what is your style? Because, I, 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 you know, we've got the, the very kind of tough love, hard love mm-hmm. coach. You've got a coach that's maybe more zen or more like just encouraging. We got in the middle. How, do you have a way you might def- define how you work? Or is it a mix depending on who you've got?
1: It's pretty much a mix of what fighter I'm working with. What does that fighter need from me? What drives that fighter? What do I think is best for that fighter? You know. Uh, uh, so each each individual mentally is, is different. So you want to connect to that fighter mentally and, and, and how I connect to you or how I connect to this person over here is gonna be different, right? So I wanna know, I, I try to get to know my fighters on a personal level, and throughout all the time spent in the gym, I know what motivates him, what he needs to maybe drive him a little harder to push him to, to his best, you know, and uh, keep him focused yeah, on the task at hand. Um, and everyone's a little bit different, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think I'm a, i am I can be a hard ass, and I can you know I can be a motivator uh you know motivate you and and with you know good things I say or whatever or or just get on you and tell you how what's you know how you're screwing up right now you know kind of thing so um each fighter sometimes needs that push but what hopefully as a coach you're picking that right one that motivates that guy to get him through to push to that next level you know so yeah. each one's a little different you know? yeah
0: that relationship yeah. is so
1: important right and sometimes each fight can be a little different you know because of that mental how is your fighter coming into that fight you know uh, as things going on around him uh, are all good and you see it he's shining he's confident all that are things he's having trouble outside of the gym mm-hmm. you know might you might have to go about a different way that that that, that it'll hit him better to push him farther you know because it's it's so mental how they step into that ring a lot of times you know how your fighters get performed before they even step in that ring because of how they're acting yeah you know you notice you, can, that? you can kind of like, feel like, like something's a little we off might, right we might, now. yeah we might be in trouble today you know like eh, this doesn't seem right let's let's try to let's, you know so sometimes you know it's it's so mental and when everything is clicking outside the gym you know family's good girlfriend or boyfriend's good you know jobs good all this but when you have a, a chip in that and part of that that can really affect the fighter when he he goes into that ring so try to keep that circle good around you and you're gonna get that that the best fighter you can be you know when you and not and sometimes there's gonna be holes in that circle right you gotta gotta fill the gaps with other yeah, things figure it's out a, where
0: that's at yeah
1: you know so a lot, that's life So
0: I can hear like you really actually care about being involved in your fighter's life, and you care about their well-being and the support that they have. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and that's not a relationship you can build overnight, is it? No, it takes. I mean, it takes
1: a lot of times. takes a lot of time. You know, you're with like we talked earlier. As coaches, we're with these guys a lot of time, so they become family. You know, and we we want what's best for them, and we gotta look out for their. And sometimes. you know, sometimes you gotta throw that towel in. You know what I mean, that's our job. We're there to protect our fighter. You know, if they're overmatched, they're overmatched. Throw the towel in, they'll fight another day. You know, um, I care about my fighters. Of course, I want them to win all the time. They're not gonna win all the time. But you know what, you win in stepping in that ring, performing, and you do the best you can do. And if, if, if you don't get that W, come back and work on the things. Maybe next time we fight
0: this guy, we're going to get that W. So you have a process. How does that work for you when you are coaching a fight, win or lose, right? And you leave. Are you immediately reflecting on like, oh, we got, okay, we got to work on this at the gym. I, I have things to- go in my mind. I don't always talk to the fighter, yeah, right, yeah, up, fighter right away. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I
1: process it then. You know, like, hey, what, what, what was he doing right? What was he doing right? What did I like? What did I didn't? What can we work on a little better? Yeah. You know, uh, uh, what maybe cost us that fight that we didn't get or what got us that fight that we won that time? Mm-hmm. What, what were we doing really good? So yeah, I try to process that each one. Uh, sometimes I'll write down a few notes to myself. How about as
0: far as your own, even your own communication, right? Because I'm uh-huh. always thinking like, I've got to be concise and I have to give them the most important things I think are the most important while we're in there. Right, right, because you can't, you don't have time to analyze all three minutes. Oh, oh during the fight, this <laughs> during is after the fight. The fight. Yeah, yeah. No, during so during the fight. So that's during the fight, but after the fight, right. are you also thinking about yeah. your own performance? Oh, uh, as me, as yeah, I, what yeah. I did in the corner? Yeah, once in a
1: while, for sure. You know, like, oh, damn, you know, I could have said this instead of that, or, or maybe I should have just not, I should have went more this route instead of that route. Sometimes, you know. Yeah. But we don't have a lot of time to give any advice, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of times I try to see what the other fighter is doing and what I think we can do. And if I see uh-huh. something that he's always giving away, you know, I might point that out to him or just tell uh, tell my fighter, you know, hey, you, you know, let's tighten up on the defense. You know, what I'm seeing if he's dropping his hands uh, after he's throwing, you know, uh, but, you know, basically what he's doing good. Uh, you know, if, if the round's going good, let's just stick to what we've been doing. Uh, you know, try not to give him too much advice. Yeah. Because... The teaching's already been done, right? So, but if I can pick up something that I see that we can count, you know, to have uh, success with, mm-hmm. that that guy's doing, or what I see my fighters doing that is successful, let's, let's you know, I'll tell them that, you make know. Make those
0: adaptations. Yeah, yeah. So, because, um, I, I want to make sure before, you know, before we wrap things up... Um, to know a little bit about, because we're, we're in the unique position here of talking with someone who is not just a boxing coach, mm-hmm. um, but you also have the, you're on the promotional side and the matchmaking side of things. Um, can, what can you tell us a little bit, of some insight about your, your matchmaking, what you're learning about, or what you've learned in the last couple of years about how you're, how you're uh, doing that? Do you get out to lots of fights to be able to scout with a local talent? Um, the
1: pro matchmaker is... is uh... It's a whole different thing. But uh, it's, uh, you know, I match make eight of my, my shows. And uh, out of all the we had an average of eight fights each show. And out of them, only one, one fight fell off and uh, out of all of them fights, so. So you've been able to
0: connect some reliable fighters, is that yeah, what you're saying? Some, People who and, show and,
1: up? It's, it's, fighters are fighters. <laughs> you know, and matching them up can be tough. A lot of, you know, um, so it, it's a process and then you really have to double, triple check and then they got to get their medicals in, contracts in, all this stuff with the state, you know, so it's, it's, uh, you got to be on them. And, uh, so a it's lot more
0: of, than just calling someone up no, and saying, and saying hey, you show you up wanna to fight? fight? You
1: know, it's, no, there's a lot to it. It's a lot of work, you know, it's, uh, but it's, uh, you know, I get paid a little to do that. So, you know, it's something I like. I give, it gives fighters opportunity. Um, so
0: does the promotional company call you up and say, "Hey, hey I want this. this I hear guy. you're the guy yep. who can put some fights together for I, us."
1: Yeah, and uh, so uh, and then they'll call me up, and then they usually sometimes they uh, they have certain fighters they want to match up. Uh-huh. You know, the local guys that maybe sell tickets around their area. So then I find their find their opponents for them, and then I call around and see try to make a good match and uh and then stay on top of it that's the main key is staying on top of them making sure they're getting their stuff in and uh because these promoters uh that i'm working for they want to stuff in and they want to make sure this fight's of going off and if if not i gotta have time to find another guy and get all his paperwork and all that stuff in so it's it's uh can be a headache but it's also it gives a lot of opportunity to a lot of pacific northwest fighters you know um like i said like i said we put in over uh eight shows 64 fights that's 128 fighters with opportunity we started out kevin torres steve villalobos nick jefferson uh um uh willie gomez uh we've had victor morales on our shows you know a lot of northwest fighters uh um uh, marquise weston you know um have all rob diesel all them guys have fought you know so yeah. a lot of, a lot of good uh, the the best of the northwest you know, has come through our shows. Um, Emerald Queen's been around forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've been doing this for 20 years, but they were the only show in town. So uh, there's it's been years without another promotion. They do quarterly,
0: something like they that. They
1: do five shows a year. Five shows. Okay. So we started out. We did four shows our first year, uh, and then two, two and two. It's expensive. We're not backed by a casino, so me and Nathaniel have forked out a lot of our own money. Yeah. You know, to help Northwest Boxing, but. Uh, uh, I don't regret it at all.
0: So, know. do you plan on continuing that? In uh, the... we do.
1: Uh, but well, with all this in the air and and you know with COVID and all that, but uh, we we're uh, we're before all this happened, we, we've been talking about getting in a few casinos, and so we had some works going so on there. So, in
0: other words, taking use for for your promotional company yeah, to get linked up with uh, casinos in the, with the, the casino area or in, in
1: our and in, in around this area, yeah. Okay. So that's what we were hoping to do, and then then uh, we can actually get maybe paid to put on these shows instead.
0: Yeah,
1: of, yeah. You know, so uh, that would be awesome. That's my dream. And that's why we started this. Um, and we put on great shows. Uh, the fans love it. Um, but uh, we wanna continue. But we also, uh, you know, we gotta look out for each other too. And, and you know, so, so we'll do what we can. And hopefully we'll get backed uh, by a casino. And, uh, and uh, we'll uh, start putting on more and more shows. You know, so.
0: great so we'll be looking for some uh, some fights uh, being put together some events by uh, P&W. P&W pro boxing yeah. promotions
1: well we're not, we're definitely not stopping we're just slowing down a little bit till yeah we yeah, we're just got to you know, wait till we get the clear yeah and get, the, get, you know, get everything in a roll so we've done our part and uh, we know that we put on great shows great fights
0: and uh, and now it's just uh, getting a little backing and moving on from there. Right on. So, and so I imagine too, you're also looking forward to matching up Willie Gomez.
1: Uh, Willie's my fighter. You know me and Todd. I I forgot to mention uh, Tony Rego. I've been with him for uh, 11 years or so. Um, That man has done more around this area and helped so many of the youth. And uh, just real quickly, like we have a lot of, fighters come back now they're adults yeah. that were started with us when they were teenagers or 16 15 17 and they come back and they like man you change you do change my life you know and it's a little things like that as a coach that uh, they that wants to keep you going you know that keeps you inspired it keeps you going they come back and and uh, and say, man, that gym changed my life, and thanks for you
0: too. You know, and Tony's done that for thousands of kids. You know, yeah, thousands I met of kids. Tony, a long time ago, yeah. and I don't know where yeah. he gets his energy. I don't know either, because he ain't no young buck. <laughs> what <is> he's seventy <laughs> now. Seventy-two. Yeah, 73? well, I, maybe I wouldn't have guessed. I should it. know his
1: age, but I know he's he's over seventy. He's
0: like seventy-two, I think. I definitely wouldn't have guessed it, but. Uh, yeah, thanks for giving him a shout-out. Yeah. Hopefully we can also get him in yeah. to, to come do this come. Yeah do a little little talk about his experience because he volunteers to like do to just he's just such a helpful guy Yeah,
1: and he's always there to give a helping hand for anybody and uh, you know uh, He's kept that gym alive, you know I yeah. think I've been a big help to him and he's been great to work with um, we work good together um, uh, and and he's just he, he just keeps things rolling there. You yeah, know? yeah,
0: and you were mentioning too, that was another part of, of our conversation the other day that I was that I think is worth mentioning is you work well together and you know, where he, he can come in and be very solid with, with getting the fighters, working on their fundamentals mm-hmm. and then you can kinda you can complement that yeah. by yes, you also know the fundamentals, mm-hmm. but you can fill in with some more maybe ad, advanced Stuff. Yeah. But you, you kinda complement each other with yeah. what you teach the fighter. Yeah, working
1: together, you know, throughout the years, you know, uh we're not always gonna agree with how of everything's course. done. You know, he has his way, I'll teach my way. Sometimes we let that fighter decide, he take a little of Tony's, a little of mine, and, and do it his way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Uh but uh you know Tony Tony's just a hard working guy and kept that gym alive and itself. Like I said, thousands of kids, and I respect him for that, and I respect him to give me the opportunity to coach there, um, and, uh, you know, we'll keep things, uh, keep things going. We get through this COVID-19 stuff yeah. and start helping a lot more kids and uh, a lot more adults, whatever, you know, people, yeah. and uh, give them that opportunity because uh, uh, boxing can change your life. And, oh, I know
0: and it certainly has mine. It sounds like yours, too. It's, it's, you know, uh, I don't usually
1: say this, but, uh, you know, I've been through a lot, of, a lot of hard things in my life. You know, different ups and downs. But you know what's always been there for me? Boxing. Boxing. Whether that's watching it on TV, whether that's being in the gym. When I go through that door, every, you know, every day and open that gym, you know, two hours, I don't give a... Sh- excuse my language. I don't give a shit about the outside world. I don't have a worry in my head it's all about the boxing right yeah you forget about everything you come in here you work hard you feel good when you're done and that's why we know what we're giving to these fighters and then so uh, when i tell them if you're having a bad day fine we all have bad days you don't have to have a bad day inside this gym it's that bad stuff's out there we're it's right here this is boxing and 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 a lot of you can see that they just lose that attitude they go right in boom and they're and they forget about the outside world for a couple hours, yeah. right? And gives them something to work on and, and to the train, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's just can do that for a lot of people. But through my divorce, you know, a hard time. I had a hard time in that and, uh, boxing, boxing, boxing kept me pushing through, you always know, so there. it's, it's always been there for me. So,
0: well, Keith, um, I, I know you got lots to do. I yeah. do appreciate you making the time to, to chat and, and do this, I, I uh, it was great talking with you. Maybe in the future we'll do it again. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Keith. Have a good rest of your Thanks. day. I'll talk to you soon. All right.